Today, my guest is Hampton Liu, the content creator and entrepreneur behind Hybrid Calisthenics. Hampton creates fitness content and has one of the fastest growing social media communities I have ever seen. He has cultivated a community of over 5 million followers across platforms in just two years. His content is really filled with heart and humor and Besides the fitness content, he also hosts the Coffee with Hampton podcast, as well as Hybrid Creators, which is a YouTube channel where he shares content creator tips. In this podcast, we discuss the hybrid calisthenics origin story, how Hampton created the name and how the social media brand came to be, how the desire to make money to take care of his mother led Hampton to look for passive income and online business opportunities and the conversation about creating niche content online that led to his current brand. Hampton shares how he started posting on TikTok and what he learned from his first viral videos. There's some really key lessons there that apply to anybody who creates content online. The importance of building organic reach, the balance between creating content you enjoy and what the audience is asking for, Hampton shares his top tips to get started on social media today and build a large community through primarily short-form video content on TikTok, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts, the importance of self-knowledge in the content creation industry, how one prayer changed everything for Hampton, his content creation, his business, and his life, why he has consciously chosen to turn down every brand deal he's been offered so far, how to not let negative comments get to you, and how to transform negativity on social media into opportunities for growth and opportunities to even resolve your insecurities. While learning to love others is one of the most important skills for a content creator, and how hybrid calisthenics made it to the front page of Reddit, how Hampton wasn't the one behind it, but he wasn't mad at the person who put it there, getting views to their own page. Anyway, we cover such a wide territory, mostly centered around content creation, entrepreneurship, and truly approaching it all, not from a quick viral hit standpoint, but how to build a long-term brand, how to build a career, and how to build something that will hold your ideas, hold your creativity, and also nourish you financially for years to come. Enjoy this conversation with Hampton, and please share your takeaways on any platform you are active on. I would love to see what is moving you and how you're applying it to your own life. Make sure you tag at Xenia.brief and at Hybrid Calisthenics, everything that we're mentioning and our handles and websites and all the things are in the description below, as well as on my website, ksenia.brief. Oh, and you may have noticed that the podcast has new cover art. This is placeholder art that I was called to put up because there's something super exciting, alchemizing on the back end, and I can't wait to reveal it to you. And I felt like clearing the old and planting these seeds, creating this clean, clear foundation for what's to come. So for now, we have a temporary album cover on all the feeds and something super beautiful and potent and exciting 
is coming. I truly feel like the podcast is the center of the world of my business, of my universe. It's such a sacred space where I get to connect, to create, to reflect. And today I got such a beautiful message from Abby, who was a guest on episode 202. She said she never listens to podcasts where she's a guest on, but she was called to listen to our conversation back and she got so many gems. She felt so transformed and so nourished by listening back to her own talking. And I would like to think that in this space, it's not just me and the guest coming together, but there is a force, um, a universal force, divine, higher power that joins us in the space to elevate the conversation and bring into it something that is more powerful than our human selves could have come up with. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. Enjoy this conversation with Hampton. And if you're a visual person, I'll be posting some outtakes on my YouTube channel, so you can check that out as well. All right, Hampton, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. And uh, I found you through some of your exercise videos on TikTok, and you have such soothing and refreshing presence. I find that in fitness, so much of that energy is like, First of all, focused on the external, and second of all, it's like very broy and aggressive in my experience. And there's something about your presence. There's actually a YouTube comment I came across as I was preparing for this. Prativa said, "I love how peaceful and calm you are. I'm going to start my fitness journey, and I'm definitely going to use this layout." Talking about one of the things that you offered. So, I just really want to call that out before we talk about anything else. You have something very unique about how you share this information, and I'm very excited to dive into all of the behind the scenes of what it is that you do. Well, I, I, uh, I'm happy to share it. You know, it's interesting because I see those comments a lot, and I, I feel so honored and loved from it. Thank you so much to anyone who feels that way. But I never really got started in hybrid calisthenics thinking that I was going to be known for that. I had no... like the the regular vibe of the comment sections in my standard video, I didn't think it'd be that. I had no idea what it'd be. I just hit record and I started speaking. And, you know, I'm somewhat known for, hello, my friends. And, and that part of that is because one of the reasons that, one of the motivators for me making videos is like, well, now I finally have something to send my friends. Because they've heard me babble about calisthenics way before I did hybrid calisthenics. I was talking about fitness and they're like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. You know, and then I'm talking about it. But then again, this is me in a grocery store and I have 60 seconds to ex explain something that, I, I, you know, that uh, can be fairly complex or at least in depth. And I was like, well, let's make a video and I can finally send this to them. So when I'm talking to the camera, I, I'm thinking of talking to my actual friends. And now I've really expanded my friend group and I try to be a friend to everyone. But as far as being peaceful, I, again, that's not really something I would have thought about. And like I've mentioned this before, if I did a business pitch, you know, if we did business pitches for YouTube channels, like, like we do for businesses, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in fitness. I won't be very muscular. I won't, I won't be the most muscular or the strongest or the best looking, but people will watch me because I'm friendly. You know, I feel like all the investors would be like, ah, you know, the, 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 the buzzer is like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not even a thing. So, so I never really planned that. I just started speaking. I started speaking and I never really thought about, you know, how other people are more bro-y or showy 
because I guess that's not something that bothers me. You know, like I, I've I've been in some sports that's that I recognize that's how some people are, but it's not how I am. I, I just want to talk about it. I want to explain it. This is just the world and fitness from my point of view. Now, I have thought about this before, though, where I think a lot of the reason why it's that way is it takes a certain kind of person to be so into fitness that it's their living and and they want to make like not only is it enough for them to go to the gym and work out, they have to make videos talking about it. You know, and I, I admire their passion, but I think sometimes we forget or like even before there was content creation, there's a certain kind of person who's like, not only is it enough for me to work out, I have to teach others to work out. It's a fitness trainer thing. Uh, or even in, you know, in the army, if you're a drill sergeant, things like that. I think we forget sometimes that our audience isn't always us. Most people we talk to in my field are not going to be so into fitness that they wanted to make it their living. <laughs> Some people are, and that's great. Or they want to make it like a huge passion of theirs. Some of them just want it on the back burner. So I think that's why there's a little bit of a disincentive to get into it because there's a discrepancy behind between how the fitness influencers and content creators and instructors, so to speak, view fitness versus how the average person wants to view fitness. Yeah, there's two separate journeys that you, I feel like, made an opening for just now. One of them is your journey into fitness and how that became such a big part of your life. And then the other one is how you got on social media and started creating content. Which one are you most excited about to start with? Oh, absolutely. Um, see, I am more, I think content creation is more interesting. And it's interesting because I I still love fitness. I still love calisthenics. Like my brand is still hybrid calisthenics right here. But <laughs> I... I recognized a while ago, and it took some humility to admit this, but I, I really do think it's true. I'm better at content creation than I am at calisthenics. You know, relative to other, you know, I'm better at social media and things like that relative to other people who are doing it. I'm not saying I'm special or very good at all. I'm saying within myself, you know, if you compare myself, my, my body weight fitness skills, which is what calisthenics is, to other people who are in the upper echelon, it's like some people are very, very good, and I, I admire them and great good for them. But the way I want to think about entrepreneurship and growing a business, growing a brand, I feel like I can talk about that a little bit longer. Personally, that's, I mean, I might feel differently in a year or so. So take us to the beginnings. What were the first seeds that you planted into the huge and impactful presence that you have today? And what was the mindset behind it? Did you think from the beginning that it would be a business? You know, you when you talked about kind of imagining this big table and like making a business pitch, even though in that scenario, you may have not, um, you know, felt like you're at the, on the winning side. It takes one person in content creation to believe in you. And that person is you. It takes that one person who's creating it to bet everything on yourself, to choose it, to work long hours, to test different formats, to continue posting, even if a video gets zero comments and five views. So what did it take for you to choose that? And was it a conscious choice? Okay, so there are many different ways I can approach it. There's a spiritual aspect, there was a financial aspect, and there was also just my life, you know, what I wanted to do. And I think, I'll start with what you, uh, what you said, because you said if something gets no comments and five views, you know, I was never really discouraged by that. Uh, I remember when I first got 10 views on a video on YouTube, I called my girlfriend. 
not wife, but I was like, I, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Because I, I mean, I get motivated by not compared to other people, but where I was before, because before it's like, well, nobody knows you. So, you know, like if I got one view, I'm like, I wonder what that view came from. I wonder what that was. So <laughs> made my dad watch it twice. I don't know. I did, but on two different devices, you know, I, I feel like if I said to the world that I didn't get into this for money, most people who know my content would believe me. Like, yeah, like, like he, give, he, he regularly gives a lot of stuff away that he could sell. I feel like everyone would agree. But, you know, I think about that and I hesitate before saying it because I'm like, I kind of did get into it for money, but I don't mean it in a Machiavellian evil way. Like how I was first introduced to the name hybrid calisthenics, when I first thought of it was because, well, my friend gave me the idea for something called a niche blog or a niche website. And for those who aren't aware of it, I, I wasn't at the time. This was 2018. Like anytime you Google or search a specific topic and you're like, you know, motorcycle has a clank clank sound on the left side. Okay. And then it's like, you see an article. It's like, what to do if your motorcycle has a clank clank sound on the left side? They're like, son of a gun. You know, it's like, how does someone write an article about this? And those are usually niche sites. And, you know, among other things. So people write articles about these specific topics. You go there. And they either get affiliate links or, you know, ads. And this was how I was introduced to the idea of passive income. This is me in the beginning. It's so different nowadays. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll make a blog. And I was like, what should it be about? And so like, and then it wasn't even about necessarily calisthenics. I was like, well, it should be a hobby of mine. So I was watching YouTube videos and stuff about it. It was just like a side project. I liked the idea of, you know, making some money on the side. I, that, that's, you know, I was going to write articles that would help people. But I was like, you know, then I can make maybe, you know, hundred bucks a month. That'd be pretty cool. And the reason I came up with hybrid calisthenics is because a lot of domain names. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Because I mean, at the time I would have really wanted something like bodyweightfitness.com. And nowadays, like you couldn't sell that. Like, I, like you couldn't give me money to use that because I'd be like, why? You know, and it, it was a couple of days where I was trying to find a domain name. I was trying to find a, like a brand name and a domain name. And, you know, I thought about this. I was like, what does Apple have to do with electronics and computers? You know, th there are some theories behind their, you know, their, their logo, like Curing's Apple, things like that. Um, but it, it really doesn't. It's, it's, it's a fruit. So I said, well, what, what makes your brand is you. Like you, you put the work behind it. You put the content behind it. You put the personality, whatever behind it. So I can just name it whatever I want. And I might as well start with something that nobody else has taken. So hybrid calisthenics. The downside is few people don't know how to pronounce calisthenics and even fewer know how to spell it correctly. But I was like, you know what? It's not taken. So I'm, we're, we're going to go with that. And so you were that, clear started, on it being fitness, right? You didn't have any doubt or were there other things you were looking at? It was almost hybrid concealed carry uh, because that, uh, that was one topic I was like, oh, yeah, I can write articles about. I am much more into um, fitness than I am into concealed carry stuff. But you know, at the time, people like I was looking up. This is me new to content creation. I didn't even know it was called content creation at the time. I thought it was just writing articles, and I people kept saying you don't need to be an expert on it. I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't. I, looking back, it, it's really weird because it's like I couldn't imagine myself doing something else. I was considering like early parenthood stuff. I'm not a parent. You know, <laughs> I never had a child. You know, but it's a good niche <laughs> for me. It's just like well, I'll research. Right. It's like, I'll research it because I mean, part of back then there was also the thing was like, you don't want a place that's too flooded. And there was all these things from different little tidbits of advice. So 
it started as a blog and I wrote like three articles, but then some stuff happened. That's like a whole different story that we can get into later if you want, but that's, that takes some time. My mom got sick and I had to take care of her. A couple years went by and I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but it really didn't, from, like I was watching a lot of videos at the time and the idea of making video content started to bubble up in my head. You know, and, and like I, I watch, I've watched YouTubers for a while. It wasn't, they weren't necessarily fitness. Some of the, my favorite YouTuber, my favorite YouTuber is an anime one. Um, he's just really cool. And the idea of it started bubbling up in my mind. And in 2020 or late 2019 is when I started the idea of like, well, maybe I can start making videos instead because I needed something to make money at home. Because again, I wasn't, I, I was long story short, I was taking care of my mom full time and I had to be home. I couldn't go out and have a career the way I I originally planned. So I was like, eh, yeah, I had to think of some way to do it. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll start this up again. Maybe I'll sell like a course or something. So again, this is all a long story about how it did start off with me wanting to make money. But there was a change. Uh, when, I, when I made a Facebook page and I started doing content about it. And this is me just talking about how to build how to, how to cultivate long-term fitness, which is like the uh, the slogan I came up with at the time. There was a comment because no one was watching, had to pay for like Facebook views. And a guy, I got a comment from a guy called Kenneth. And I always remember this because like it was an immediate shift. And he was on Hampton. This video really helped me. I understand you're struggling with taking care of your mom right now. I'm doing the same thing. It's been hard, uh, but I really appreciate your video. It really helped me. And just like reading that one comment, I mean, it didn't have to be a comment. It could have been someone telling me it in person. There was nothing magic about the text. It just shifted my personality, uh, shifted my, my perspective because I didn't want to help. But at that point, it really became much more about, wow, this, this stuff can actually have an impact on people. People are benefiting from it. Even if they're not putting it to use, they're listening to it and they're benefiting from the mindset. I have to take care of these people. So that was really like a shift when it was like, it was like, oh yeah, maybe I can make some money on the side. Again, I, I stand by the fact that's not Machiavellian or evil. It was, it was like, it was a way I could earn an income from home because I couldn't leave the house to, wow, this is a community. I have, I feel responsibility for taking care of them. I'm going to spend a lot of time taking care of these people and giving them everything that I can. So that was the shift. Um, I started on Facebook then I expanded into, into YouTube, TikTok and beyond. I really appreciate you being honest about the initial desire being to make money. Cause I think in my experience, it's, um, hmm, sometimes I'll find in myself that what's motivating me to put something out there is to make money, to get followers, to get attention. And those are the moments where I have to really sit with myself, press pause on publishing anything and reconnect to something bigger. Last night, I watched the little documentary on Mr. Beast, and I didn't really know anything about him, but he's one of the biggest YouTubers. And it's the whole story of, you know, it starts with him seeing that a lot of comments on his videos today are saying, you know, you must be a trust fund baby. You must have grown up very wealthy. That's why you're giving away millions of dollars in your videos and just like swimming and cash. And it goes into a story of actually growing up with very little. And the most touching part of the whole documentary to me was that he, well, first of all, he was so committed to putting out content and to doing, going for all these crazy ideas, like spinning a fidget for 24 hours and setting a world record and documenting the whole thing. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Or cutting like a table with a box of plastic knives. 
But once it started picking up because it was just so out there and nobody else was doing anything like that, a brand approached him and said, hey, we want to pay you to include us in your video. Here's $4,000. And he just couldn't even believe it, went crazy, called his mom, told all his friends. And then he took those $4,000 and found a homeless person and gave it to him and documented the whole thing and decided that it's going to be his whole business plan and his whole content creator plan where brands are going to pay him. He's going to give it away to someone in need and make content out of that. That video goes viral, makes even more money. He continues giving. All these like crazy projects have arisen out of this from him coming up with the idea to raise a million, uh, to plant a million trees, everybody telling him it's impossible. And he was like, you know what? I'm about to hit 20 million subscribers. So why don't we just activate them to plant 20 million trees? And they did that. So what you're pointing to is, is that. And I think, yes, our intentions matter, but sometimes it's just being present with what is and allowing ourselves to connect to something bigger than what brought us here that is the most important thing. So for you, it might have been the money that brought you into looking to niche content, starting to create it. And then what you started doing is really opening up your heart and wanting to connect with your community, wanting to offer value. And I think that's what makes the biggest difference when we look at it from when we're able to continue calibrating back to how can I serve? How can I offer value? And it sounds like you did that from the very beginning. Well, I have, I have. That was something that was always very easy for me to ask is if I had to ask one thing for to my community and every 100,000 followers, I would ask this early on. Nowadays, not so much because we're on so many different platforms. It's hard to keep track of. But I would say, you know, thank you for following. How can I bring you value? How can I best serve you? Because that's what I'm here to do. And I know that's a buzz phrase. A lot of people say nowadays, in my opinion, relatively few actually mean it or understand what, what it means because it's kind of like building a community, right? Everyone's like, build a community, build a community. I used to say it all the time until I realized, I think it got even more cliche even since the time I've been saying it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say it anymore because, and I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I think people, content creators say that all the time. Almost every content creator, so I'm going to build a community. And I talk with some of them and I'm friends with some of them. And I was, I'm like, what do you actually want as a cult who worships you? That's what you mean by community. Okay. And I mean, look, if, that, if that's what you want, power to you. That's not, you know, it's not my place to judge what you do in your life. But I was like, well, I want a community that thrives towards, that thrives and also strives towards a certain goal with them in mind. And that's what's binding them together. So I really try to care for them. Not saying it's better, but that's something I've always had in mind because I'm not saying I succeeded at that. I'm saying, that's what I had in mind for what I wanted to do. Now, you, you touched upon a really good point of giving. There is an idea, and the people have been talking about this in my Discord recently, where they say nice guys finish last, or nice people finish last, or that they don't get anything, they get kicked in the face. You can be very kind, you can be very giving, and you can still win. And I still I stand by that statement. And I, like, I understand how that's confusing to some people. So that's why I prefer to say in podcast-type context to where we can really discuss it. But I mean, my fitness routine, we talked about this last week, I'm giving it out for free. This is something I spend six months, hundreds of hours on. I'm giving it out for free. Now, it's for free. It's there. It's out there now. But I mean, I can also argue if, if I was talking to business people about how that also makes business sense. So giving is something that has been somewhat explored, 
and by companies, but I think and by people, but I don't think people realize how powerful it is when you are really there to serve your community, really there to serve your people, and really there to help other people, and not just help other people so you can increase your pocketbook. There, there's there's so much cool stuff that happens. So much cool stuff. Yes, there's two topics you just opened up. I would love to dive into. One is the difference between building a cult where you thrive on attention and a community where it's this exchange that is empowering to both parties. And I would love to hear how you think about this from what I, the way I've been thinking about it recently, I've been thinking about this a lot. The difference between a cult-like community and a more empowering community is that in a cult-like community, the leader says, I have the answers, come to me. If you worship me, if you'll listen to me, you'll be good. In a more balanced and harmonious community, the leader is holds up a mirror to remind everyone else around them of their own greatness. And one of the examples I've seen you do that in your videos is, I think it was a video on TikTok about lunges. And it was like a very funny one where you say, you know, have, have you been told that you can't do this? Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you you can, and this is how you do it. And in your videos, there's like a frequency of that. Yes, you can. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are drawn to your content. Yeah, I, that's something I, I do like. And that's something, once again, things like that. My first viral video, which you mentioned you want to touch upon in the beginning, I have to go back a little bit. There's a, a whole story behind that. But when I first started getting comments of like, this is so encouraging. And that, that, this is a video before I ever said, you can do push-ups, you can do squats, you can do pull-ups, <laughs> whatever. This is just me talking. It was about a certain type of push-up. And people said, wow, this guy is really friendly. And I had been told that in real life, but not so much to the point to where it's something that I'm known for. So that was something that I had to learn from. And that's like, if uh, I have to ask this, is who is usually listening to this podcast? Is it content creators, entrepreneurs, people like that? Entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, content creators, and really creatives of any kind or people who wish to get into those fields. Right. So I think there's an idea that we think we know what our audience wants or what our target audience wants or even who our target audience is. But I think there's a shift that a lot of creators and entrepreneurs go through where they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah, I thought it was this. It was actually this, right? You know, I, I thought, you know, I had like a stereotypical ideas in fitness. You know, I was like, well, I, I'm probably gonna have to do flashy stuff like human flags, one arm pull-ups to get anyone's attention. You know, and then, but then like my most popular video isn't about a human flag or one arm pull-up. It's about doing a push-up, right? Something that a lot of fitness people would consider relatively basic. And I was like, oh, so people are into this and people, when they said, oh, you're so encouraging. I never really thought that was encouraging. I, I like, I just want to talk about fitness and I like being friendly. I, I don't like arguing with people, you know? And I, I mean, even when I say something with good intentions, but someone takes it the wrong way, you know, and, and when I argue with them, like, I feel a little, little, like, I'm interested in like the actual science behind why I feel this. I feel like actual physical tension, like slightly below my heart. And I don't like that. Okay, that, that's, yeah, I, I, just, I wanted to avoid that. So you know, I'm going to phrase it in a friendly way. Obviously, there are some things that people disagree with. You, you can't say anything without someone disagreeing, including that statement I just said. Some people would be like, no, I will agree with everything you say. <laughs> but I, that, I'm not afraid of that, but I'm like, I don't want to go out of my way to offend anyone. I, I think it's nice to make something welcoming for people and just uh, increase 
lower the barrier of entry and just increasing the amount of people that are willing to watch it. And I, hmm, I, I didn't really think of it as special at the time, I, I guess. It, it was my point of, of bringing it up, was I really had to put out content to learn what people wanted and to learn who I was and how I came off to other people. So let's go there. What did you start with? How did you think of a content plan? Were you editing everything yourself? What was your whole process like then? And then perhaps you can take us on a journey of how that morphed into what it is today. Great question. I started on Facebook, like I mentioned, and what I was watching was YouTube videos. And so I don't know. Again, I I did stuff on Facebook because I was more comfortable with that platform. I wasn't scared to post on any platform. That is a benefit that I guess I've had to where, I mean, if right after this podcast, you told me you have to, there's like 30,000 people waiting for you outside your front door, uh, you have no time to plan for a speech, but you got to go out there. I'd, I'd be fine. Like, I, I'd, I feel zero, zero nervousness for that. I, I'd like, I, I would find something to riff on for an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> so I, I, I've never felt that nervousness before, but I was like, well, I'll start with Facebook because it's what I know. And then eventually I expanded to YouTube, but it wasn't short form content, which is what most people know me for. It wasn't short form content. And I, I'm, I'm happy to dive into this because I think it can help a lot of people, your audience. I, I started with something that I was comfortable with, but I always was researching. I was always looking at YouTube videos. I was always looking at articles and stuff. And it was very easy for me because I drive a fair amount. I, like, I, I, I drive. I like driving. And if you, if you don't drive, you can do it while you're doing laundry, doing household, something mindless, something you would have to pay attention when you're driving, but something where you can kind of let your mind wander. And I was listening to podcasts and YouTube videos, and that's how I learned it. And then I learned about something called TikTok. Uh, I was like, well, what's TikTok? Because you know, I remember my, my girlfriend showing it to me. I was like, well, I was like, I guess I'm going to be on TikTok. And she's like, oh, cool. I said, what's TikTok? She's like, I don't know. I was like, something about music, dancing. I, I, don't, I don't know. So I, I made an account, and I posted a video. And it, the first, my first short-form video is still on there. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> you scroll all the way to the bottom. Some of the videos kind of make me cringe. I was, I was experimenting. It, it was me doing uh, handstand push-ups at 3, 3 a.m. And Take On Me by AHA was playing. It got zero views at the time. And people have gone back and checked it out now just because it's, it, it's interesting. That was my first short-form video. But by short-form, I mean, I'll say fewer than 60 seconds vertical because that, that's where I'm going with this. And that's how TikTok is. It got zero views. I'm like, well, the person who told me TikTok was very powerful clearly didn't know anything because I got zero. So it wasn't even like I got five views and one comment. And it's like, well, I like I, this is too dark. I had nothing to go on. I was like, well, I don't even know if people like it because nobody watched it. <laughs> so I, I so I, but I was like, yeah, you know, at the time it was very easy for me to make content. That's really an important thing as I, people have to get started because all the things I touched upon, if you don't get started, you think you got, I'm going to make wait till it's perfect. You don't know that it's perfect. it's perfect according to you. It might not be perfect according to your audience, you know. And so, and it's not about you. It's about your audience. That's one of the things, you know. Once again, you know, yourself versus community. There's different aspects to that. But I, you know, at the time, I made one long video and I put it on Facebook and YouTube. Eventually, I learned I was like, oh, well, I could just put the same video on YouTube and Facebook. And I would also do like two to three short TikTok videos a day. My third video got like 123 views. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Because it was really, it was, it was a lot for me at the time. I was like, wow. Because I mean, like, I got like 20 views on Facebook. So <clears throat> that's why I didn't really think I was special as far as like content creation goes. Because even my 
my in quotes regular friends with this like who just have regular friends on Facebook when they post videos or images, they would get way more likes than I did. So I'm like, well, I'm just not good at social media. It's not what I do, but I do have a message that I want to spread. So uh, I started posting and then I did like a joke video. It was, it was like <clears throat> 1000, it was called 1000 pushups. I was like, 1000 is a lot of pushups. Good thing I only did two. And that was, it was just a joke video. That was my first video that went viral. You know, I was like, oh, viral meaning over a hundred thousand, but definitely over a million views at the time. It got like 3 million, I think. And people thought it was funny. It was a, jo- it, it was a joke and it circulated on TikTok. I'm like, oh, interesting. Now, and the reason I'm happy to talk about this, because I really think it can benefit a lot of your, a lot of your following is it's very interesting to note that that was my first viral video. It got like 3 million, I don't know, a couple million views, 3 million views. And I got 50, like 4,000 followers out of that. I think fifteen hundred, and then like four, like I crept up to four thousand, you know, like with other videos because some people followed me from that, but it really didn't get that much of a following compared to how many views it got. My next viral video also got a couple million. My next uh, viral video that got over a couple million, you know, I got one hundred fifty thousand who 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 chose to follow me, and that was when the community really first started because I was getting comments before, but it was like small things. You know, but like the feeling of when you open it up and there's like a, a wall of comments, you have to scroll through it. You're like, okay, and then you get like, it's different than like very carefully reading like one or two comments. I answered every comment. E- even in the viral video where I got like 2,000 comments, I answered all of them. And it was a difference between a funny joke video and just getting views and just getting likes. It got a lot of views and likes, the, the, the joke push-up one. The other one was about posture and it, w- it actually had just me teaching, me offering value. So that was when people will elect to follow you. So a lot of people will do things just for likes and follows and views. It doesn't mean people will want to see more of you. That, that's one of the things that I see. What, what, like I get asked for shout outs fairly often. It's like, I get a shout out. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And I don't want to hurt some of these people's feelings. I really want to help them. I'm like, even if I gave you a shout out, you would get very few followers and very few sales. Because your problem isn't exposure. Your problem right now is skill. And I don't mean that like everyone's problem is skill. Like we all, it, for these people that I'm talking to, some people, their problem is exposure, but that tends to resolve itself as you get better and you, and you post consistently because it's very relatively few that someone just starts off and they have all the tools they need to be um, a content creator because that's just like anything else. It's a skill. Sometimes their, their thing really isn't interesting or they have an, they have a, they have a, well, a one-hit wonder, so to speak, and that gets in front of a lot of people. But if you really want to connect and you really want to help, then when you have that viral moment, then ask people, what else do you want to see? And then you get, a, you get an insight into what they're expecting from you. So I went viral a couple times early on. So like short-form vertical videos, it was on TikTok. Now YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, very powerful. High organic reach, which is very important if you're just starting off. You know, Even if that's not your vibe, you like blogs, you like podcasts, I would rec- highly recommend you have some sort of media that has high organic reach. Right now, to my knowledge, the highest organic reach is short form vertical video. That's a whole thing. I could do a whole pod. I could do several podcasts on that. But that's how you will, people will first be exposed to you. It makes sense because it's bite-sized, but also how people are exposed to you really affects whether or not they want to see more of you, is what I'll say. So many powerful things there. You know, 
thinking about scrolling on TikTok and seeing something that's viral, I'm so clear when it's something that's just really funny and I send to my husband and we laugh about it later that night versus something that piques my interest and makes me want to dive into that person's world. There's such a difference between the two. And I find that one, it has to be that the topic that they're speaking to or the kind of video they're posting gives me an idea that there's more of it that I would desire to have in my life. But then there's also number two, which is I want to like their personality. I want to like what they're about beyond what they're sharing. And if I don't feel a resonance, I'm not going to follow them. And this is why I think it's so important for anybody who has a calling to get out there and share your message, share what you're passionate about, share what you makes you feel alive because we need all these different voices. The same thing can be said by 10 different people and it will reach totally different humans and have a totally different impact. So I would love to dive more into all of that and the skill, you know, you mentioned, I'm totally with you, you know, not everybody's prepared for the viral moment. There needs to be like a library, a portfolio of content that already exists on your page that makes it what I call sticky so that when people land on you after your viral moment, they actually have something to engage with. And there's also the interesting balance of, okay, once you've gone viral, people are going to expect certain things from you, not falling into the trap of just creating what people are expecting from you if that's not what you want to talk about. Right. Well, that that's a good point because... Followers in some ways might mean less and less. So what I was talking about is like how someone wants to, I mean, this is splitting hairs even beyond the hairs I've already split. You know, I I've <laughs> I mentioned that, you know, some content will make people much more likely to be like, I, I raised my hand, you know, I want to see more of Hampton. But to argue the other point, if you just make regularly good content and people watch it all the way through, platforms, especially like TikTok, will keep recommending it to you, whether or not you think you actually want to watch it. So I think I have a benefit or maybe even a downside in that sense to where I think my follower to engagement count is always going to be relatively lower than some some other plat some other creators who might do like funny videos, for example, because it's less cool. Like not cool. It's less uh I feel like people a lot of people think they're their fitness isn't where it needs to be. So they're like, oh yeah, I need to follow Hampton because like my fitness isn't where it needs to be. Whereas like, very few people would state, oh, I don't follow enough funny accounts. So I'm going to follow this funny account, right? But the funny account might get more views than mine. So that, that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, few people will sign up for you, but there might still more be more people who are seeing you. Now, going back into what your community wants, th that's a good point. I'll keep this statement relatively, I, as you and your listeners have noted, that I can take one question and just run with it. So I, I've been trying to uh, cut it down a little bit so we can get into different topics. But that's something I actually had to work with my community around, where I've wanted the content to be about fitness. I wanted it to be about other people. But there seems to be a tendency where people focus on me. Because I guess that, that's, the, I mean, you can't really help that in some cases to where, you know, they're like, well, I want to see more about you. I want to see more about what you think about this. Like I did a poll on YouTube. It was, it had like a couple hundred thousand people who responded to it. And by the way, YouTube polls, polls, people like being asked their opinion. So <laughs> I, I said, what content do you want to see more of? Push-ups, pull-ups, mobility, strength, 
muscle, things like that. And one of them was like Coffee with Hampton, which is basically my podcast. And Coffee with Hampton won out like by a significant margin. And this is a fitness channel. And, and even some of the comments were like, huh. You know, so people want to see more about me than they do about fitness. Where I, that wasn't necessarily my goal. And I'm not upset with that. I'll make whatever content people want. And I still make fitness content just, be, just because. But that's something I had to work against because I don't want to fall into the trap of making it all about me, even though I probably could have a, like a lifestyle vlog or something where it was just my opinion on things. If I wanted to pivot in that sense, be like, well, I'm done with fitness. I've solved fitness. It's, it's, it's there. You know, now I'm going to stream Pokemon games, which I do. Um, but if I want to make that my, my full, <laughs> like I want to do like a meme review or something, I might be able to do that. But I think you mentioned an important point. It's not necessarily what I would want to do. So that is a very good point because the, the flip side of ask the community what, what you want is, first of all, it does have to be something that's authentic to yourself because I'll just drop this here. You can work hard. You can use discipline. There's like the whole thing in fitness where it's like discipline versus motivation. Most fitness people will say you need discipline and motivation is nothing. What I would argue is discipline will get you across the finish line. Motivation will help you win the race. Okay, Because it's like doing hybrid calisthenics, it'd be very hard for anybody, any fitness creator to, to match what I'm doing in this field, in, in specific to what I'm doing, because that's what I'm passionate about. Now, I would be very like, my friend who does like a sewing video, I, I, I couldn't match their work ethic because I'm not that interested in it. I, like, I had to discipline myself to do it. So it does have to be something that's authentic to you. And the second thing is the audience doesn't always know what they want, to be honest. Or like the, even if they do, it's not always apparent in their polls or their comments, right? Like a lot of the things that I, I a lot of the content that I put out that became successful and got shared and has been seen a lot of times across the internet no one really specifically asked for it. Sometimes they are, sometimes they are, but other times no. So you have to be authentic to yourself, even if it means sometimes taking a little bit of a hit um, on your metrics. That's why numbers shouldn't mean everything. But keep in mind, if I only made fitness videos, I think a strong argument could be made that my engagement would be much higher and I'd be making a lot more in ad revenue on YouTube. But I want to make videos about being honest and being optimistic and coffee with Hampton. Right. And I mean, that's what I'm known for now. And I like I've thankfully been blessed to where it's working somewhat. But if I was only caring about engagement, people signed up for fitness, people signed up for pushups. So I could I, I can make a lot more and my engagement on at least on paper would be a lot higher. Before we continue, I wanted to share with you about the sponsor of this episode, Silver Biotics. Have you heard of silver as a supplement? Yeah, you heard that right. Silver. I've been hearing about its immune-supporting properties for years and got to experience its power in its fullest this past season. I've been taking Solarbiotics daily to help keep my immune system on guard from those tiny body invaders. It has helped restore my immunity to recover and get back to business so quickly. Talk about a biohack. When used as a preservative, silver cell technology can inhibit the growth of bacteria, yeast, and mold in the product. Pretty cool, right? It can also help with oral health and skin conditions. Silver Biotics brand is perfect for taking control of your own health as they offer products in several health categories, including dietary supplements for immune support, skin care, oral care, and wound care. Here's the thing, not all silver is made equal. 
Silver Biotics brand allows you to access the power of silver like never before. They've taken the old technology of silver and improved it to create the next generation of true colloidal silver products with their Silver Soul technology. In addition to using their immune support supplement, I've been using Silver Biotics Armor Gel. It's incredible for all kinds of cuts, wounds, burns, sun damage, and bee stains. I had our contractor use it the other day for exactly that, and being the country person that I am, I always have it handy. Silver Biotics products have super clean ingredients that have passed my personal test. There's no parabens, no synthetics or sulfates, and when they use scent, they only use the highest quality essential oils, not fragrance. I am also excited to test their toothpaste, so stay tuned for that. If you want to make a powerful addition to your daily routines and medicine cabinet, Silver Biotics is an awesome brand to check out and keep on your radar. Go to silverbiotics.com and use code Ksenia, K-S-E-N-I-A, for 20% off your first-time order. That's S-I-L-V-E-R-B-I-O-T-I-C-S.com, code K-S-E-N-I-A, for 20% off. You can also find that link in the show notes. And now back to this episode. You know, it's those opportunities to get to know you beyond that one niche that in my experience as a viewer, give me the opportunity to connect with you in a much deeper way. Like for example, when in a video you share that you abstain from caffeine one day a week, that got me really curious. I was like, I, I wonder what, you know. Today's not that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what does Hampton drink on Tuesday? It's like, I need to know, give me the deets. And in my opinion, it's very important to diversify because in an age where there's so much content and so many creators, I think it's being able to connect with somebody on levels beyond that one stream of content is what allows us to, you know, form a community with that person and learn from them and trust them in a much more kind of 360 way than oh, I go to fitness here, I go to mindset here. But what if I can get two out of the five things I'm interested in in one person and learn something beyond what I even thought I was interested in? That's where we build true value with our content. I think that's a great point. It is, you will, so there's two things to that. Well, I mean, I like to think of things in three, but <laughs> two things I can think of right now. <laughs> I could force a third one, but I mean, two things I can think of right now. One is yes, absolutely. A lot of people say, hey, Hampton, you know, I kind of liked your content. Well, when I realized you watch the same anime that I do, I really liked you. So there's that. Then there's another person who's like, I just want fitness content. It's called hybrid calisthenics. It's not called hybrid anime, you know, not hybrid Hampton. You know, it's like, and so you will get people who unfollow you for that. But that's not necessarily bad. That's why I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't beg for people to not unfollow or anything because I want them to be happy. Right. If this isn't the fitness content that you want to see, there's a lot of other stuff. My, my fitness content is, is out there if you want to search for it. You know, if you only want to see fitness stuff, you can find it. I, I have put out a fair amount of fitness information and I'm going to continue to put out a lot more. So those two things. It's not necessarily bad, though, I think, because the connection you form with your niche is valuable. Right. Because <laughs> I want to think of a, I wonder if this is the best example. You know how some like some people are very political. I, I don't talk about politics in my. That's not something I want to do. I, I don't. I, I don't touch upon. It's one of the few things I don't talk. I don't talk about because I, I want many reasons. 
but some people who do. You know, like there's like Starbucks versus Black Rifle Company, right? Black Black Rifle Coffee. You know, they they appeal to a certain niche. They know it's not everybody, but because it's not everybody, they will resonate that much more. Politics, they get some people upset, but that's a good example, I think, where it's clearly not everybody. You know, not not as we know, not everyone is liberal, not everyone is conservative, but. You know, when you make your niche about that, when it's like, oh, Hampton's the fitness ramen anime fitness guy, you know, it's like, like, oh, they resonate a little bit more when you make that connection with people. So it's something people have to decide on whether or not they want to do mass appeal or niche appeal. And clearly not, it's not always one answer, right? There's a lot of things in my life that I, I don't share because politics being one of them, Uh, whereas it might make some people resonate more, but I'm like, I don't want to alienate a lot of people. Another thing might be cooking. So I like I've done some cooking videos, but it's not a focus of my channel. You know, I don't want to make everything about cooking because I I'd, I'd rather do this instead. So yeah, definitely a balance, I would say. So let's bring it back to strategy and skill. When you first had those couple of videos that went viral, and you started taking into account what people were asking and kind of creating content based on that. How much time were you spending on doing that? Do you, did you have a business plan? Did you have a strategy? How did it go? And also, if you were to kind of apply it to today, if someone is starting today or is ready to take it to the next level and be seen on the next level today, what do you see being the most effective? So a couple of different things, and we, we should probably split them into different answers because I can really delve into business um, and I can also delve into content creation. They're related, but I can give different answers for that. At the time, I spent sometimes 10 minutes a day making videos. Sometimes it was 30 minutes. One of my most popular videos or my most seen videos on YouTube, which has been memed now, uh, was about showers, right? And like, it's a, and I mean, I, I don't mind saying it here because there's nothing inappropriate about it. It's about cold showers, you know, it's whatever. But I mean, it, 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 was, it was done in a funny way. I had 30 minutes to make that. And it, it's a long form video compared to like one of my videos now, which I might spend 10, like for a 60 second video, sometimes I spend 10 hours on it, you know, not wasted 10 hours, but like a dedicated 10 hours. It's, again, it's a deep dive for another time. So definitely get started is what I would say. Get, and get started in some way, because if we keep thinking about what should we do, what should we do, what should we do? You're limited by your quantity. The fewer items you have, not, not that quality doesn't matter, but when you're limited by your quantity, then there's fewer opportunities for people to give you feedback. If you spend one, if you only put out movies, like like you're a one person movie production company and you put one out every five years and your first one gets five views, you know, you don't get that much feedback. You don't, you don't know what people are wanting. Like you need to put out some, some micro content in order to get a chance for some people to be attracted to you. And then you can always improve upon that. You can always improve upon that. So two parts of that is you do want to get started. You do want to have some baseline of quantity, in my opinion. I know that's some people consider that controversial. I think you need some baseline of quantity. That's one of the reasons why short form vertical videos are powerful right now. People get a bite size, a moose boosh of you, and then they, they can check out your longer content if they want. Second would be very important, self-knowledge. You, you want to know what you're good at. Not everyone is going to be as good on video. Not everyone's going to be as good on audio. Everyone's going to be on blogs. Some bloggers, I mean, we kind of forgotten them. Not forgotten them, but I mean, they're not as popular as they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago, or it wasn't as big. Bloggers can still make a lot of money. They can still be very successful. They can still help a lot of people. 
I believe the Bulletproof Coffee guy started, you know, was a blog, right? It wasn't even about coffee. <laughs> it wasn't even about coffee, right? So, I mean, you can make a huge impact. And now he does have a podcast. And there's, there's some videos of him. So he was good at different things. But if you don't want to be seen, you don't want to be heard, blogs are out there, right? And don't pigeonhole yourself into one thing to where it's like, you, you take an idealistic standpoint on one thing where it's like, well, no, no, I, I will only blog on WordPress, WordPress, and and that's it. I'm not doing anything else. Social media is evil. Well, I mean, you have the right to think that, but then I've always think like, what's the downside of doing something? If you take your blog posts and you put them on Facebook too, what's the downside of that? And, and like for me, it's, there's no, there's none. And some people would argue, well, you know, they're, they're not actually going to my website, so I'm not getting the ad revenue in it. Like just just let me clear it up right now. Um, that's usually not a good idea. That, that, that's usually not the right mindset. But what about this one? I don't have time to post on all these platforms. Do the platforms that you can at first. Do the platforms that you can at first. And I, you can you can start off with one or two. You can start off with one or two. That's a benefit. That's a that's a benefit if you have time. But I started on Facebook, and then YouTube, and then TikTok, and then you see which one's working for you. See which one's working for you. As you grow you will have more time as you dedicate more time into it. You're like, oh, this is working. I'm making a living from this. You can grow. You, you can grow. Um, I wasn't on Tumblr at first. I wasn't on Twitter. Well, it's like, I, I, like, I was on, but I didn't really post that much. And then when you notice something's working, you're like, oh, I'll go over here. You know, th- over the past six months, I got more into Instagram because I'm like, oh, you know, I, I have a little bit more of a following. It's more fun to play with. When I got like a small following on Twitter, I'm like, oh, so now I can experiment with this. Experiment, I would say, is experiment. When did you know, or when did you notice, was there a moment within yourself where you thought, wow, this is really taking off and I can really take this seriously? I still haven't thought that. You know, like, I, I, I don't think I'm special. You know, like, I, I, like, when people say, oh, you've grown this, and you're just like, I'm like, I don't want to think people really think that I have imposter syndrome because I've looked at other people, I've talked with other people who seem to have that. I don't seem to have that insecurity, but I also don't think I'm special in that sense. You know, like I haven't really doubled down. I, I think a lot of people can do what I do, you know, in the in their own in their own way. Now, when I thought like, okay, I can do this for a living and I don't have to do this and find another job at the same time, a few months into it, a few months into it, and I don't want to blow anyone's mind or like make them feel discouraged. And blow anyone's mind. I don't I don't mean to discourage anyone. Because some people do it for a couple of years before they, they really make that hop. Because I, it wasn't because I was so successful that I, I, I was able to do that. I got some success on TikTok. It, it, just to give a clear answer in case anyone's confused about that. I first grew my first 100,000 followers, 200,000. I think first 500,000 on TikTok. And then I went to YouTube, Instagram Reels. And just to give a quick answer, you, I don't know anybody who like transfers one-to-one their followers. If you get a million on, on TikTok, you can't transfer them to copy Instagram. paste. I, I wish that was how it worked, but it's not. Right? It's not. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, import Excel spreadsheet of all your followers right now. It's what was I talking about? I, I lost my train of thought because this is the downside of being me. You were talking about when kind of the big break on TikTok came. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So. I had a couple hundred thousand followers a few months in. So like, let's say, I think a good time of when I started would be January 1st of 2020. Now, there's a spiritual aspect over how I started. I'd love to hear that. 
when okay I'll, I'll start with it because it really resonates into, into everything else i wasn't necessarily so successful from the beginning that i was like okay i can, I can just do this it, it really wasn't that i was a smash hit and that's how i could hop in looking back it didn't necessarily make a lot of financial sense for me to do what i did <laughs> um and some people would call it stupid when i was taking care of my mom that's really when I felt like I was being brought closer to God. And I'm just going to say it. I know some people are agnostic, atheists. That's fine. That's, this is me. I mean, you can think of it as the universe if you want. And that was when I started praying more often. And I seemed to get a message around late 2019, early 2020. You could say it was exactly January 1st, 2020, because I think that's when it was. I didn't recognize it was New Year's Day. That, that's when I got it. And how I interpret it is God, the universe, however you want to look at it, told me to give to other people and not expect anything in return. Now, I didn't hear a voice from the sky. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be sent to an asylum or anything. I, I, didn't, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear voices from there. How it seemed was like, let's imagine your body is a guitar, and I have a guitar right here. Imagine that, and then someone strummed a chord and then that one central note the key of the song kind of resonated in me how that manifests in this in, in the real world i guess is a lot of the podcasts i've been listening to a lot of the videos i've been watching a lot of the articles i've been reading came across the central theme i'm like oh i should just give now it was very important to note that it didn't say like i didn't so that it felt it resonated with me and it felt right that was how I interpreted it as it being a message from God and or the universe. Again, not trying to alienate anyone. Me, it was God. It felt like there was a central theme to a lot of the media I've been consuming. That's why I say it's important. And it resonated within me. Very important to note that it didn't say, give and everything will be okay. Give and you'll be a smash hit. Give and you will... Conditions. Um, you'll you have enough money, yeah. And I was taking care of my mom a lot of time. It didn't even say give and your mom will be healed. And she did pass away in April, 2020. Um, but th that goes back to the time aspect. The reason why I could only spend 10, 20 minutes a day is because I took care of her full time, 24 seven. You know, I, I went out and bought groceries sometimes, but it's, I mean, I, 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 she was in this room right here. It was where I took care of her. It was where I took care of her. Her bed was right here. I slept right there. She had a stroke. She couldn't walk or talk by herself. I had to feed her everything. Um, and where I filmed the, the famous deck, like, but the deck that you know everyone sees is right there. You know, it's, it's where I'm pointing behind the camera. So it, this is this is where it was. It didn't say my mom would be healed. Uh, it just said to give. I was like, all right, that's what I'll do. So that's I want to I want to show that that's I made that jump partially because spiritually I felt such a connection to what I was doing and it felt right. And I don't want to recommend this for anyone else because I don't know if you heard that story. I don't want anyone to make something that doesn't make sense in their life. But for me, I never really felt the fear that it wouldn't work, at least early on. I mean, like there were some days where I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel pressure to create. There's all of that. I still have that. But I didn't have like, oh, no, what should I do? What should I do? I was like, I just felt like I knew the next path, you know, in a video game where it's like you get this little marker. I don't play that many video games, but there's this little marker. Like, oh, go this way. I'm like. I guess I'll go this way. And then, you know, because I'm alive and because I'm alive, you know, I'm like, well, it seems to be working so far. And I didn't have an income. Uh, I wasn't making an income from hybrid calisthenics at the time. 
I didn't have a donate link because that was the easiest way to set up a funnel for something. I didn't have anything to sell. I was giving away all this stuff for free and I wanted to give, but I was like, well, it's, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> so I had a donate link and there was a time period when I was like, oh, I'm starting to make minimum wage from people who are donating. Um, and I was happy with that. But of course, that died down a little bit. I'm like, ah, so like maybe I can sell shirts. And, I, and, I, and like at the time I had, so this is just to give people an idea of the of what it is. Uh, so you have so you don't go through the same thing I did. I was like, well, if people are willing to donate money to me. You know, they're probably much more willing to buy a shirt. So I was like, I came out and this is when I designed the shirt. This is, I made this logo. I'm like, cool, we'll, we'll put this on a shirt. I was like, that looks nice. I'll wear it. And then I, I put it on TikTok. Fewer p- people seem to be much more willing to give me money than to buy my shirt. I'm like, man, I was like, is, does it just not, <laughs> is this just not good? And at the time I had a couple hundred thousand followers. I'm like, wow, people who make an income from this need like a million followers. Not true. It's like, it depends on what you want to give to your audience. Relatively few people needed a shirt, but they, they're much more willing to buy like fitness equipment and stuff. So that's how I started off. And that's not, that's really, it was donations that really, when I first started making an income from it, I actually very recently closed my donations link because at the time it was set up for medical expenses for my mother. And later on it was for like funeral and tournament costs of my mother. But it got to the point to where I, I just felt like, you know, I, I have enough revenue stream set up to where some people come out to me and they're like, I, I just want to donate to you. I'm like, well, you can buy my, my gym rings or resistance. Bands. Like, no, it's like, no, I just want to give you money. So I, I was like, well, here's a link. I, I closed that and it might just stay closed for now because, you know, I, I, while I love those people for saying that, I'd rather they just take the money and invest it in themselves. And if I have a donate link, there's always that chance of them like, well, no, I want to invest in Hampton. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm doing okay right now. Thankfully, I'm blessed enough to be doing okay. I started with that. Just to fast forward a little bit, because this can go uh, for a long time. I, I got into e-commerce and I partnered with uh, partnered with some people and they we sold uh, fitness equipment. Now, they were not very good at their job. I'm just, just going to say it. It's like, I, I'm still, still, one of them I don't like. One of them, I still, I don't dislike any of them, but you know, I still, t- I'm on better terms with two of them. Nothing really against them, but they were still very new to it. But that's when I recognized that there was demand for this. It's like, my gosh, people won't buy a t-shirt. But if you give them something they actually need, you know, offered at a fair price, well, suddenly much the demand is much higher. So the reason I bring it up is if you are a young entrepreneur and you're trying to start a lifestyle brand or something and you release something and it gets like, makes like $50, don't be too discouraged because when you have that audience, it might just be the wrong product. <laughs> it might be the wrong product. To flip that, I, 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 I want to finish the story because I, I want to bring value to your audience. T-shirts, not all T-shirts are built the same. Hybrid calisthenics, it's all a decent amount. Uh, if you go to my bonfire page, I, I, actually, I, I, don't, I don't mean to plug it, but it's just like, it, it just so you can see the numbers. And you look at the one that's, bonfire is kind of like Teespring, but they do batch shipping. So like um, free, free shot at bonfire. They, I use them because they have higher quality shirts and also because they gave more money to the creator, much more than Teespring at the time. Teespring and all like Redbubble and everything. It used to be like 2 or $3 a shirt. I don't, I, I, it's changed, but it used to be so much lower. But that was because it was print on demand. Bonfire batched all of them. And it's like, oh, we can give five to six times more to the creator if we, don't, if we just delay shipping for a couple of weeks, which turned out to be very good. Um, but I had a shirt 
I, w- I trended on this meme site and there was a slogan of part of the ship, part of the crew there. And I didn't even post. I, I, I made a shirt because I wanted to wear it and it was on my bonfire. Someone on there shared it and that made way more money than the Hypercalisthenics shirt. So it's really what people are into. It's your community at the time. Yes, yes. So many gems. One of the things I also want to bring to the conversation is that I have also had a physical product. The room right next to me is like a little storage packing area of ceramic heart-shaped bowls that people can eat from to remind them to practice self-love and mindfulness or keep crystals in or incense or whatever makes them happy. And, you know, over the years, the project, it's been going since like 2016 and there's been different iterations of it in different colors. Um, I've produced like close to 10,000 of them, which sounds pretty crazy. But in the beginning, there was like a cash influx when I first launched that that helped me pay for a pilgrimage to India, which was incredible. And since then, it you know it's brought some money here and there, not really enough to be my full time income or big part of my income, but it has been a love language. It has been something that I can use to send people to build awareness about my brand. It's been something that's been featured on so many publications by so many famous people on social media, celebrities and books like everywhere, you know? So for me, it's like an ambassador of my work and my message in the world of mindfulness, of self-love, of eating with love. And it's not meant to be this huge income driver, but it brings value to me and everybody in my universe in other ways. And I think that's something that's also important to kind of be aware of. Not every little part of our business and our content is meant to be this like generator of new followers and money. Sometimes it is something completely different. They cannot be measured in numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned that early on where like you catch yourself thinking, well, I want to do this to make money. And I want to do this to earn followers. I think, you know, like if there might be issues if that's your macro, if, that, if that's like, what do you want to do personally? But I think if you do like one business move or you had like, you think this video will make me some money. I think that's okay. Um, because it really depends on how you go about it. Uh, because for example, when I made the you can do pull-ups video, there's a call to action at the end where it's like, hey, if you want gym rings, I have them. I knew that would make money. You know, I, I mean, I always want to teach people how to do pull-ups, <laughs> but I knew that would make money. So I think it's okay. Now, this is really when we can start dicing into like my business model and why I think people realize it, but they don't really, really realize it, how much it can work. I followed that video for, because people were like, well, I, I want some gym rings, but I can't afford yours. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'll show you how to make them for free. So, I, so it's a product that I sell and like, here's how you can make it for free. So anytime someone says, well, it's too expensive. I'm like, well, here's a free version. And like, I think they're a little skeptical at first, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> you can find it easily on Google nowadays. And people will still buy from me. And some people will, who can't will, will make their own. And I'm very happy with that. So this idea, like this, we have this fear of like, well, if we do this, people won't buy from us. If we do this, people won't buy from us. People, all, they already have the free will not to do that. But if you, if you make the option there, and that's how you want to serve a community, and that's how you want to build. Because I mean, I'm okay talking about money because some people are into this or money. Um, and I want to help them out. You can do this. If you're just there to give and you want to really help your audience and you really focus on that, you can still make a living from that. I love hearing that. And, you know, you've mentioned a couple of different revenue streams over our conversation. And you've mentioned a couple of lessons learned and mistakes that you would advise that others kind of avoid. 
I would love to get a little bit more into what is the business set up now like? What are the revenue streams you're most excited about? And anything else you want to share on that topic? Okay, so revenue stream. Um, just I'll give a breakdown and I'll go into my thing. The easiest way for most people to make income if you're, if you're doing a content creation, uh, the simplest is usually ad revenue. Usually, usually ad revenue. That's the thing where you really press a few buttons and then you start making money. That's um, how it is. And then sponsorships as well, brand deals. Both of those are relatively inefficient because for both of those, in order for, in order for it to be so simple for you, someone is getting a cut. In some cases, a huge cut, right? So like you look into the terms, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm only getting 30% of this. So if you're getting $10,000, that company is also, you're making that company like a lot of money. So just keep that in mind. For my stuff right now is, I don't know if you've know, known this from your research about me. It's okay if you don't. I have never taken a sponsorship. I haven't taken a brand deal. It's not something I, I, I don't condemn anyone for doing it at all whatsoever, but it's just like a preference of mine. And we can go into both my philosophy behind that and also the business reasons behind that. I, I don't mind doing that. I would love to hear that. Yes. Okay. Well, so philosophy is my idea of business is if I like a product enough to recommend it, you know, with my philosophy of giving, I can just do it for free. You know, if I like it enough to recommend it, it's like, like, let's say I really like this coffee. I'm like, I want to tell people about it. So like, wait a second. I won't tell anyone about it unless <laughs> they pay me. You know, that, that, that seems a little bit weird to me. I'm just like, well, and someone's like, hey, Hampton, what coffee are you drinking? I'm like, I can't tell you because I'm waiting on an email. No, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. So it's like, that feels kind of weird because I'm telling people about it anyway. Uh, so <laughs> now my thoughts are evolving on this a little bit, but I was like, that felt kind of weird. And if I don't like it, well, then it's even worse because then it's just like, I don't like it, but I'll like it for $10,000 a month. You know, <laughs> that, that, that feels, I'm like, I don't know about that. I, 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 don't, I, I don't, actually, I do know about it. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that is by definition selling out. I don't want to do that. If you don't like a product and you're willing to promote it for money, reconsider. Business side of things, because I, I did this way before I had this business epiphany about it. I don't mind talking about it because some people will say, this is why Hampton doesn't take sponsorships. Now it makes sense. Now I know his selfish reason, but it's really not selfish. Let, let, let me get into it. I recognize that while it's very easy for us to be like, okay, I'll be paid $8,000 a month for promoting this, this service. If you're doing, if you're getting $8,000 a month and the company, with the exception of a few large companies who are just more concerned about branding, is making at least $8,000 a month. Right. So like they, they, let's say you're selling their t-shirt and they, they're paying you $8,000 a month, but they're making $10,000 a month in profit, at least from you. Otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. Again, the difference is like Pepsi, you know, like they might not make direct money, like positive ROI from a billboard, but they still want, <laughs> they, they still want it there for a lot of, a lot of companies it is that way. I'm like, okay, so if they're making 10,000, I'm getting 8,000. Why don't I just make the product? So if you want to look at it a different way, and that, that's the most, that's more efficient than having this middleman get a cut. It's like, well, I'll just set up the processes and be good enough at e-commerce and learn it myself to where I can be my own sponsor. If you want to look at it a different way, I am my own sponsor. Okay. And th that's, that's more efficient because if it's something that's very inefficient, let's say I'm promoting people to go spend $500 on this fitness product and I get like a fraction of that. I get like $10 from it, even $50. There was a discrepancy that I was uncomfortable with where people feel, some people 
I have to almost beg people in my community not to spend money on me they can't afford. You know, that, that's like part of the cult-like effect I'm trying to, to discourage. People are like, it's like young kids are like, Hampton, I, I can't afford this because I, I can't afford to donate to you because I need to eat, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, no, please don't. Let me refund you the money. Because I, we, we make enough demand from other people. I don't need to take it from starving people, literally starving people. So I don't want people to go out and buy expensive stuff, especially if I'm not, if I, it's not actually going to me because they feel like they, they took the, their love for me and they spent $500 and it's going to this company that I might be okay with. I might like them, but like the benefit it's giving me is relatively small. That said, you know, while I've been doing this for a couple of years, in 2023, I'm, I might experiment with reaching out to some companies that I really, really like and be like, maybe there is something we can work out. Because something like fitness equipment, a lot of things that people, a lot of things that people want to sponsor, I've been talking about them for free. And I'll mention them. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about you for free. Let's work out some kind of uh, partnership where you can sponsor the website. Because there are valuable companies that provide a service that, that I cannot reasonably provide to my my consumers, uh, to, my, to my audience, for example. I can sell gym rings. The gym rings I sell are just as good, if, if not better, than anybody else. Because I, I, I sample <laughs> like, like a lot of the manufacturers. However, something like a mental health service, right? Or even like a very, very good protein powder. I might offer like a protein powder in the future, but it's, I mean, a lot of things that aren't commodities, you know, the people that people have spent a hundred million and a lot of time on, I'm like, you know, and are good services. And I'm talking about for free. I was like, well, maybe that's one way we can we can fund the company beyond what we're doing now because that was something. It's a relatively fresh idea because before it felt very free because I was doing like ad revenue. There's a hidden cost to ad revenue, and that is the data and the privacy of the people who watch you. Okay, that's. Um, my app, Cultivate, didn't have that. Their developers were against ads because they didn't like the data mining that was going on. Okay. Um, as a result, it loses money. <laughs> my app costs me money. My new app may not, but my current app does. And it's a gift for the community. And, and that's a whole separate discussion. But um, like YouTube, for example, and my website, which had ads, I just, re I just removed them. It took me a while to realize, I was like, wow. The, the data is being mined and this company that's intercepting my customers, my, my audience, th their, their data is being sold. And sometimes they're getting ads that I don't like. It's like someone was like, so we have some relatively older people in our community. Like I, and one of them emailed me recently and said, I thought your stuff was free, but I, I got an ad to Mad Muscle and it was costing me, it was wanted to charge me a monthly fee. I'm like, well, that, that like, I had to explain, that's not me, that you click on an ad. But, you know, I have to have empathy for those people because, I mean, they, some of them didn't grow up with the internet. So they, it's reasonable to understand they think that I'm affiliated with them. So different things I'm thinking about. And if I can just pick in, because people are advertising to them anyway, if I can pick who advertises, that's pretty much the same thing. I, it's just, well, I'm just going about it in a different way. So that's why I was not taking any sponsorships at first, still haven't, might consider it for later this year or 2023. We will see. I like your expanded way of thinking about this. If it means start turning off yes. ads. I like your, you know, different way of thinking about this because I think the typical kind of content creator monetization route is to start taking sponsor deals as soon as possible. Like I, I get targeted so many TikToks. Here's how to get a brand to sponsor you, you know? 
and I've been in this for almost a decade. So I've like, you know, I've gone full in it and then I took a break from it and came back with a recalibrated vision of who I'm willing to partner with and who I'm not. And, you know, there's certain things like I need to have tested the product for a while. I need to be aligned with them in these different categories. And I hear what you're saying. It's like, yes, there's a middleman, but for some products, like, you know, if I'm partnering with the infrared sauna brand that I love or a podcast production company that sponsored this show, like I'm not going to create my own product. Like somebody spent millions of dollars and thousands of hours creating this. And I'd like to think that there is like a beautiful place where companies that I really admire and products that I love and use every day and my audience intersect and it can be like a fruitful partnership for everybody involved. Right. Well, part of it, and this is, uh, this kind of goes into my mentality. So that, that's something I'm exploring, but like to your point of like, that's, something, that's not something you can create. You know, there's still part of me that's thinking, well, I can still recommend it for free, right? So that I, because it's benefiting my audience. No, I could also take a cut and like the company might be willing to do that. Might be like, well, Hampton, you're, you're bringing us so much money anyway. We might as well just give you this money. So, so like there's that whole thing. But part of me is still thinking that. And part of that goes into my mindset where I, I, I again, I do not blame anyone for taking sponsorships. I'm not, not idealistically against it or anything. Uh, this is my personal view on it. Part of me is part of the reason I have that is because I'm confident enough slash and or how do you, depending on how you want to look at it, arrogant enough that I can do content creation and try to thrive at that and also be good at business stuff. I can make money from something else. My fit, like one of the most profitable things a fitness content creator can, can sell is the fitness course and or courses, right? That's so far, that's my, I might offer premium courses in the future. Everything is free. Everything is free because I, I, I don't feel bound by that where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like this finally happened to me. So it's like, if you're, if you get signed to an album dealer when you're a musician, it's like, oh my gosh, I can finally sell this album. For me, it's just like, I feel confident enough doing other stuff that I can give away the most important thing for free. Now we can go into like how that creates a business advantage in a bit, if you like. Let's bookmark that. I would love to go into content creation. You know, one of the things you mentioned was just quantity, just like banging out content to figure out what works, what doesn't to get better at it. Besides quantity, what are if I were to put you on the spot and say, what are, you know, three to five tips that you have for people who want to create more effective, impactful content through short form video on reels on TikTok, on YouTube shorts, what do you think are the most important things and skills to cultivate, to get better? Okay. I, I don't mind that you put me on the spot and I love that they use the word cultivate. So one, I would say you really want to keep looking at what other people are doing. You don't necessarily want to copy but it's perfectly fine to be saying, oh, this other person's doing this. I'm going to try it. Second thing is experiment, right? Because you want, you don't want to be stuck in one niche, right? Like if I feel like if someone were different from me, had a similar path at the beginning, every one of their videos would begin with hello, my friends, and everyone would end with have a beautiful day. You know, but I, at one point I'm like, well, while people are saying they want that, you know, it feels kind of repetitive to me. So I'm like, well, some videos won't have that. Some of it won't have it. This goes back into what people are, what you're hearing isn't necessarily what people want. Third thing is don't be afraid to think about optimizing your time. Like one of, 
I recognize that if I put out more content right now, I'd be more successful as an entrepreneur and a content creator. But some of the content that I want to do just takes a lot of time. Like I, I have to do a Twitch stream or something where I show everyone how I'm filming my video and how I'm editing it and how 59 seconds can take five hours, even longer sometimes. So I'll show everyone how that works. But don't be afraid to optimize for time. For example, one of the easiest ways you can make content is taking news within, within your niche. Go on Google, search, hit the news tab and be like fashion news or whatever, you know, and then just like voice yourself over, like show that image of like, oh, you know, like new fashion design coming out. And you're like, this is what I think of that. Or in fitness, if you're doing fitness, you can be like, oh, you know, here's this new study that came out about intermittent fasting. Here's some parts they left out. Here's some things I agree with. There you go. You know, I mean, you can be as scientific or as nuanced as you want, but that's a very fast way you can make content. You know, you don't have to do skits. That's what I'm saying. Find the balance between something that you are comfortable with and something that that's efficient to your workflow. Fourth, look at your comments. Once again, you know, you, you really want to see what other people are saying. And then it might help to ask a friend to look through your comments to be like, what's what's your interpretation of this? Because I have an assistant now and my view of scrolling through the comments and their view of scrolling through comments is different. And fifth, you can, other than just ask, looking through the comments, you can directly ask your community. Some people will wonder why you're doing this so often, depending on how many times they've seen it. You don't, their, their opinion does not define you in, in, in that sense, because I have been doing this since the beginning. I've been doing this since the beginning, really. Okay. No, no, but I, I've been, I, I've asked this many times and I say, what can I, what content can I make to help you? And this one content, this one comment from an old gentleman, I believe, said, Hampton, I've seen you ask this multiple times. Do you not know what to do? Okay. And it's like, no, it's like, I will always ask this, even, you know, as the company grows, even when it's enterprise level Hampton, I'm still going to ask because what I, I want to see what people are doing. I want to kind of interpret and infer what they want, but I also want an explicit answer to what they want. So there's five things. Wow. Look at that prepared. Let's add a bonus one. And I'm going to guide that one. So in my experience, when you go viral, when you achieve certain level of success in anything, content creation or not, it requires a nervous system calibration so that we can handle both the success and the flip side that comes with it, whether that's negative comments or criticism or imposter syndrome. What is your experience with expanding your nervous system to be seen by millions of people, to get thousands of comments every day. Is that something you think about? It's not really something I think about. I, I mean, I think about it from a business standpoint, you know, because I'm like, well, this is going to be seen by millions of people. I better get all the info right. You know, back to, you know, um, and early on in TikTok, you know, it was seen by five people. I'm like, oops, that's wrong. And I remove it like two months later. I'm like, yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> so, so nowadays I, I'm, you, you should be, aware of that. I think it's prudent to be aware of that. But I don't really focus on the idea like this will be seen by so many people. I'm nervous behind it. Part of it is because I was raised by salt of the earth people, you know, blue collar workers who they only kind of believe in the internet's real. So that really keeps me grounded <laughs> to where it's, it's like they're not, they're very supportive of what I do. I, I want to say that. But, you know, they're like, you ask them, what does Hampton do? And some of them are like, he does like internet computer stuff. <laughs> you know so like that's easy to keep me grounded because i don't think of it as something big they're like they don't really care how many followers you have they really judge you based on your character so there is that one advantage i have i could probably dive into why this is but 
part of it is also just how I was raised and how some of the DNA I had when I was that I just inherently have. Negative comments don't really bother me. They, they, they never really have. It's like when it's a comment about my appearance, there's a comment about my teeth, a comment about how I look like a girl. That's how I knew. That's how I know I'm trading somewhere new is when all the comments are like, oh, he, I thought this was a girl. I'm like, oh, I'm reaching a new crowd. Because th- those are always the first, <laughs> those are always the first comments. And then they get flooded away by, by other comments. It never really bothered me. I, I, I like answering those. I, I like doing a flip side because I, I have like an ongoing exercise with myself, a spiritual exercise or just like a personal exercise. What do you want to think? Where like, how honest with myself can I be? How many insecurities can I resolve? And when I have an insecurity, when I identify one, I think, why do I have this? So let's say I am insecure about something in fitness. And I mean, this is something a lot of fitness content creators have, whether they admit it or not, because especially if you're known as for fitness, there is a pressure to be strong, fit, healthy, and knowledgeable. And whenever I feel that pressure, when I'm like, well, how dare, like, I don't really think, but like, imagine like, like how dare this person question that I know about pushups or whatever. And like, you know what? I don't know everything about pushups. And then when someone's like, like, why is a skinny guy teaching me about fitness? You know, when there's a buff bodybuilder I can listen to, you know, like, it's okay. We take the natural defense response we have to that, to where it's like, well, you know, it's like, well, let's see your physique, you know, um, do, do 99. It's like, no, it's, it's like, let's, I, I think, you know what? I'm not that muscular. You know, yeah, there's definitely more muscular people. Um, you know, I'm happy that you have people that you admire and that you can look up to and that you can, you can hear from. And when someone says like, well, you look like a girl, I'm like, well, I'd be an ugly girl. <laughs> that's, I, and I, I can recognize that. I recognize that some people might see me from behind. I have, I have long hair and not just long hair, but I have kind of a rounder face. So they might think I'm a girl. I don't know what girls, they, they might think I am. But I, so I recognize that. And the more honest I am with myself, the more insecurities I resolve. Now, these are all things that I admit. These are, I mean, people, people may have different uh, experiences with this. When it's something that I know that I'm not, that they're, that they're wrong about, again, being honest with yourself. Someone's like, well, this guy's just trying to scam you. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, and explain how. That doesn't bother me. Because once again, when we have more self-knowledge and when we're honest with ourselves and we're not trying to front and pretend that we're better than we are, you know, it's one thing to improve. It's another thing to pretend that we're better than we are. Then I, I've noticed we don't have that insecurity. That's really helped me tremendously in this life, content creation, and my personal relationships. I love that so much. Using social media as an opportunity to resolve insecurities, because why not? Otherwise, it's we get so stuck in our image and the projection of who we are, and we kind of like become the avatar of ourselves, forgetting that there's so much more to that. And how can we kind of merge our image and who we are? And I think that's what creates authenticity. That's what creates that realness. And that's one of the reasons people are so attracted to your content. I know in one of your videos that really stuck with me, even though I saw months ago, you were saying how, oh, I've been getting these comments that, you know, people are copying my content. I don't see it as a stab. I see it as a compliment. And I think that kind of openness to being like, okay, this is what's happening. What can I learn from it? And how can I view it differently in a way that actually empowers me instead of tears me down that is everything for business for content creation for anything we take on in this life right well 
that's so there are many aspects and i love this topic and i love this podcast so far because i get to talk about a lot of things that i enjoy talking about but i'm not i'm not always asked about there are just certain things like learning to like when you feel love for other people and you learn to cheer for them a lot of that stuff just falls in line you know like it's hard for me to if i had to explain every single detail of how i am it might take a while but things like learning to be honest with yourself and using like being honest with yourself and using that honesty to resolve your insecurities and be more confident in things you're good at and identify and know and recognize and admit the things that you aren't good at and can stand to improve at. Another thing is just learning to, to love other people. L love yourself. Th that's great. But when I cheer for other people, a lot of that stuff comes naturally because I want those people to take my stuff and succeed. If someone takes my, if someone's like copies an idea and they're doing really well for themselves, I recognize that's not taking anything away from me. You know, I, I mean, you can argue, oh, well, that they're taking money away from you and views away from you. Like, I, I, I have enough views. You know, it's like, that's a dangerous thing for a content creator to say, but I have enough. You know, I can grow in my own way. People who like me will watch me. People who like him will watch him, right? And I, there's also the idea of like, I was inspired by other people too. I was inspired by other people too. So very happy to share for other people. I mean, I have fitness content creator friends. Whenever I have an opportunity, whenever I, I see a new idea like for example facebook reels was big for a while and like i'd say i was like i like it was getting a lot of a lot of views it, for for a month or so it had more organic reach than anywhere on social media to my knowledge more than tiktok more than youtube shorts more than instagram reels okay but it was because it was new it was newish you know i first thing i did was immediately tell all my fitness content creator friends that i knew were into that okay now you could argue well why are you doing that because if they're watching them they're not watching you my thing is, once again, if you're there for other people, if people are watching them, good for them because it means they're bringing them more value. Because And then it's just like, well, I, I can bring value to my audience too. And then if, if no one's watching me, I'm like, I need to up my game. That's part of self-knowledge. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe I'm not good enough, but I can get better. I can get better. That hasn't happened. So I really, I genuinely want all my contemporaries and people that might be considered competitors, I want them to thrive. I want them to, I want them to win. I think it goes back to that moment you shared about prayer, you know, and the message you got. It takes a leap to give that generously and that freely. And it takes a leap without any, like you said, guarantees or promises on the other side. But when we continue, you can't copy paste your followers on different platforms, but you kind of can copy paste that approach to all the different areas of how we see our business and how we show up in the world. And what you just shared to me is like same thing, but a different aspect of that trust. Right, right. And you're absolutely right. That's something that, so some things are very clear to me um, on some days and other days, it's like I didn't think about it for so often that, you know, I just kind of forget to mention it. I forget that some people don't understand how I, I grew on, on different platforms. A lot of the work was done when I was making stuff on TikTok. And first you, you learn, it's not necessarily TikTok. There's nothing really special about that specific brand. It was because I learned how to make short form vertical videos that were entertaining and also serve an audience. Later on, when a new opportunity came up, like YouTube Shorts was the next one. And I, I, I that's why you keep an eye out for opportunities. And I, an eye out and he, as he holds out, open his ear. No, um, <laughs> when you're listening for new opportunities, you... I heard about YouTube Shorts. I'm like, huh, interesting. And I popped into a workshop with YouTube Shorts because they reached, they sent me an email 
with me and like a couple hundred other creators. And this was in like November of 2020. So this was like six, seven months before they announced it to the US. But it was like, they're like, no, it's basically there. You just can't create it there. But if you do hashtag shorts, or even if you just upload a vertical video, it's in the shorts. Like, so that, that was a big opportunity for me. And I gained a couple million followers with content I already had. So it, it wasn't, I didn't copy paste my followers. It's not how it works. But whenever you have a platform that likes this piece of content, with some exception, with some exception, like, you know, like if there were, once again, to use, I want to use politics again, but it's like, let, let's, let's say sports teams. Let's like, let's say there was a, a, a platform that really liked, you know, who are two rival sports teams? The Vikings versus the Eagles. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, if it's very specific to that platform, then yes, it, it's going to grow differently on different platforms. Certain videos do better on TikTok than on YouTube than on Facebook. But when it's something that's been exposed to the entire platform of people who are relatively diverse, you're like, oh, people like this content. It's going to work on multiple platforms. So not only are you better at serving a community, but you already have the content. This, again, short form vertical video. It's shareable. I have made the front page of Reddit a couple of times, top of Reddit. And, you know, I didn't post it there. Other people did. <laughs> that was part of me saying, because what when I started making these pieces of content and they were so shareable, people were posting them so they could get ad revenue, so they could get likes, so they could get comments. And people were like, oh my gosh, you're stealing from hybrid calisthenics. And I said, man, people are watching my content that if you want to take it and just and just use it to get likes and videos, likes and views, go ahead. And that, once again, giving worked to my advantage because other people posted it. They got a lot of likes and views and internet love. Okay, but as a result, they posted it somewhere I wasn't even expecting. So this content that already worked for other people, whenever there's a new platform, let's say Snapchat, let's say LinkedIn does, the, does their version of Reels. Okay, I feel like my content would already do well. I, I already have 100 days worth of, con of daily content I can put out that's already resonated with other people. So lots of benefits that people may not see immediately. Right, so it's the skill right now, and this might change anytime, but for the past couple of years, it's been short form video content and that's been transferable by reposting in my experience too. You know, I first blew up on TikTok and now I'm noticing that the same exact videos I'm posting on TikTok on Reels are actually getting a lot more tra traction on Reels. Have you been seeing that at all? Right. Now, is it just like your viral videos that you're posting on Reels now are getting more traction? The, um, not viral, but just like, you know, regular videos. I mean, some of them on, it's really unpredictable. Let's say like one out of 10 on TikTok, we'll get a hundred thousand views. Most of them will be like a few thousand, but then all ten of them on Instagram will get at least ten thousand views, or more. Ah, yes, yes. So, so Instagram, right? So this is really getting into into the specifics of it, which I love. Instagram is more consistent. That, that's one. That's one of the downsides of TikTok, where like you can you can talk about your lifestyle brand all day, and people are like a hundred thousand people want to see every video, and it's like, hey, buy my shirt. 5,000 views, right? So it, it's interest-based and you're there to serve the community, but there's upsides and downsides to that. TikTok, and I, I've talked with like a TikTok manager or uh, I forget the name, but it's like, I've talked to him about that. You know, I don't know if they all recognize this, but it's true. I, I've, I've seen it. TikTok works on a bit of a jackpot algorithm sometimes, or at least they have in the past, right? 
to where like I've noticed some of my my friends, some of them some of them like they they are not there to be an influencer or content creator. Some of them are like police officers or performing strongmen, you know, who just like regularly post their stuff. I saw one of his videos get like twenty million views. I'm like, and it had like two thousand likes. So it's like because it, it wasn't a, a special one. It was just him in a cafeteria doing his usual thing. So, but it, it got selected. I think sometimes it's randomly selected and pushed to a lot of people. Not entirely randomly. They might have some kind of stats about, you know, like how many, it works sometimes, but it also doesn't work other times. And I know this. And again, sometimes the people who work at the platform don't necessarily know what co exact content will work on their platform. And again, the, the, sometimes they're just as in the dark as we are. So I don't know. Power to them, power to them. But I'm just, this is something I've noticed. Something that's worked on Reddit, Instagram Reels, YouTube, Facebook Reels, and then you post it on TikTok. And sometimes because the initial surge wasn't working, it gets doesn't get that many people. So that is sometimes how it works. Um, sometimes it is up to chance. And you've seen this from people who posted a video on TikTok. They're like, it didn't do that well. But that's like, they're just very certain that this is viral content. They kept posting it, kept posting. Same thing kept posting it. It's like suddenly, you know, son of a gun, 20 million views. It's like, yeah, so some of it is up to chance. Some of it is a jackpot algorithm. Some of it, it's part of the draw. It's part of the draw of TikTok. It's like anybody can be famous, right? So they, they give you a taste of virality. And then <laughs> don't be discouraged if that disappears relatively quickly. Yeah, it's a bit like gambling or like drugs. Once you experience it, it's like you keep wanting it. And I think that's why that consistency and finding topics that actually make us feel alive and continuing to create content that brings us joy in the process of creating it and not just in the possibility of getting something from it is so important. And everything Hampton you've been sharing, your business approach, your approach to content, what I'm hearing is it's this long-term strategy. It's like you're building a lifelong business, not just something that as soon as it did well on one platform, I'm going to monetize this. But it's like, how can I look long term and build something sustainable? I think part of that is, are you coming from a place of love? Or are you coming from a place of fear? You know, you can love your audience, you can you can love the world in general, you want to do good for them. But it's not uncommon to be afraid. Right. And I mean, I think we all have that to some degree, where it's like, Oh, my gosh, what if I, I don't monetize enough now? And I can't feed my family? You know, or I can't pay my bills, or I'm homeless on the street. These are very real fears. I, I like. I think I, I'm, I certainly am not going to sit here and condemn them because I, I felt them myself. You know, it's all it's always possible. And when I started growing on social media, I had some very loving family members come out to me and be like, "Hampton, you're not monetizing enough. You're giving away too much for free. Like you, you need to like. It's, there's always this fear of this Im, like impending doom where it's like you better sell like a book right now." Because in three months, people aren't going to listen to you anymore. And then you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be kicking yourself and you're going to, your house is going to go you know, on foreclosure and all this stuff is going to happen. There's always the possibility of that. And if anyone doesn't, doesn't believe me, listen to some podcasts of millionaires. It's not as insufferable as you might think. It's not insufferable at all. I've listened to the right ones. You know, they, um, but listen to them. And a lot of them still have the fear. And then listen to billionaires. They still have the fear. Because you're also playing with more money at the time. right? And you can, you can fall pretty hard. So there's always that fear. When you have that, I think part of it is you have to recognize that, okay, while that might happen, you know, we can be prudent enough to, to recognize that and to take, the, take some precautions where it probably won't happen. And then when you get to that place of like, 
okay, I, I'm, I'm secure enough here. It's time to start giving. That can really create, as you say, a lifelong brand. Because I think not only what impedes our progress as a content creator or as a person, but also as a business, is that desire to monetize quickly. And once again, I understand paying your bills. Like that's not necessarily bad. But let's say sell out. You know, very early on, because you're like, oh my gosh, I got to make like seven million dollars really fast, and I can kind of live on that for the rest of my life, and just yeah, I don't really care what happens after that. That some people do that successfully. Some people do that, okay. But what stops that from growing from a seven million business to a seventy million dollar business to a seven hundred million dollar business, which I haven't done, just full disclosure, is I think that fear of like, yeah, this might not be long term. Yes, <laughs> this might not be long term, right? And I, like I. And it's comfortable enough. Again, this goes to the beginning to where I didn't really have any revenue streams, but I was still comfortable doing it. Of like, what if it is long-term? What if it is long-term? What do I want to build for people that's really cool? What do I want to build for people that's really cool? That's why, again, the fitness routine, it's out there. Let's dive into that a little bit because I've I've alluded to to the fitness routine. When I released it for free at first, all my friends were like, Hans, what are you doing? It's like, there's people who love me. These are people who really, truly love me. Like, why are you doing this, Anthony? Like, you're too ideological. It, it's it's not going to work. You know, you're going to be, you're going to go bankrupt. It's, you can't sustain it. So very, very valid points. Like, for example, how are you going to to uh, maintain this website and, like, keep updating and keep doing what you're doing? You're not making any money from it. So let's talk about business standpoint, because that's what resonates with some people. Be- and I didn't recognize this at first. This just happened. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's why I wanted to do it. Okay, it's like sometimes I do things I don't understand why until later. Because it's free, people are much more willing to share it. Because it's free, I've created a very large top of the funnel. So the thing about this, like we know LeBron James, we know, you know, Curry, a lot of famous basketball players. Who are the famous baseball players right now? A lot of people are like, I don't know, right? And, and, and that's okay. I know Mike Trout's one of them, I think. But so... This is two different ways that a, a major enterprise um, took their marketing. One of them, baseball, cracked down really hard. And you can fact check me on this. I don't want to go too much into the details because you can read about the details. Okay, they cracked down really hard on anything that wasn't sanctioned by them being released. So they, don't, they didn't want their games being on, on YouTube. They didn't want their stuff being covered. Anything they weren't directly making money from. Okay. Whereas basketball, football, other things, there's like clips on YouTube, on Facebook. People are talking about it. And these, like the um, NFL, NBA, they weren't necessarily making money from them, but it was out there. Whereas baseball, they monetized everything. They they kept everything to themselves, which is in their full legal right to do so. As a result, some of their, their key players didn't get as much notoriety. As a result, people may not care about it as much as they would. So you see where I'm going with this? Because I've made something free. And once again, I didn't do this, I promise. And I, even if I did, I, I, don't, I don't think it as bad. You know, I made it for free. People are much more willing to resonate with it. The barrier of entry is nothing. Like it's having an internet connection, you know, and a fast enough you know, device to be able to see it. You go, and not even then, I'm going to make it into a book. But it, it's on the website. People can see it. People are like, oh, now they won't feel like a salesman when they're like, oh, I'm going to share this with my friend. Oh, I'm going to share this with with my coworkers, because it is something that can help them. You've created something good that people are willing to share. And that is your brand. Like you, that, that, that is the brand. And the people are, are afraid, like, well, what if I don't make any money? Ha <laughs> ha. Well, you know, 
Star Wars doesn't only make money when people go to their movies, right? Like they're not even in the theaters that often, yet they make a lot of money. See, it doesn't, it, it, there's still a lot of money from people going to the movies because they're Star Wars. But if you let someone watch Star Wars for free, they just pirated it off the internet, you know, and, and they became a mega fan. How much money are you going to make from that person from 10 years old when they first watched it <coughs> to when they pass away and, and their room is just full of Star Wars stuff? It's a lot of stuff, right? Top of the funnel, people are introduced to it. People like it. They have an idea of it. Then this is the free will part. This is why I'm not afraid of saying this. If they want, then they can buy other stuff that they want. It's, it's, it's within their right to buy stuff. So let's say I, I do a uh, hybrid routine. It's like, hey, it's free. It's free. Go do whatever you want. Here's all the knowledge. Everything that I can possibly give, all my best ideas are in there. Like, oh, by the way, if you want it on a poster form, I, 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 like, I'll offer it. And people are like, oh, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm not manipulating them. right? I don't mind saying this. This is not manipulation because they can print their own poster. You know, like they, they can put it into their own book if they want. Right. That, that's fine. But because it's there, people are there, the barrier of entry is lowered. Does that make sense? I'm trying to use business terms because that's what resonates with some people. If you don't have to do this, but giving is a business advantage sometimes. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's unsaid, but built into everything you're saying is that for you to be able to say, here's a free program. It's got all my best ideas. The reason why you're not afraid to give it away. One of the reasons is because you keep getting better. You know that whatever you release a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, will be even better. So there's no fear of giving what you know now because you're genuinely interested in the topic and you're constantly in the process of growth and evolution. Right. Well, and thank goodness, right? Thank goodness we're always growing. Otherwise, we get very stagnant. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about your family, but I just wanted to, in this space, honor your mom and the role that she played in you starting this. and ask you did she get to seal this amazing stuff that you're creating uh i so she she had suffered some pretty major brain damage at the time she couldn't like she had limited voluntary movement but i did show her some tiktoks you know she she didn't know what tiktok was but i was like look look this is what's going on uh she wasn't really there for the bulk of what hypercalcinics became um not not on this earth anyway she didn't really get to see that but while she was still alive i would uh i would frequently show her that I frequently show her things and she was, I, I can safely say that she honestly wanted the best for me. I had a great mother. It's going to be Mother's Day pretty soon. Um, and I recognize not everyone had a great mother. So, so I recognize that I'm blessed for having that. And I, I, I thank God and I thank her for being here. Hampton, this has been such a beautiful and wide ranging conversation. It's been such a joy before we start wrapping up. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to bring into the space? There's a lot of things I could say, but at the end of the podcast, um, people ask me what things I want to promote, what things I want to bring up. I, I really just, in, you know, if this is my, your introduction to me, again, a dangerous thing for a content creator to say, but I, right now I have enough views. I have enough followers. Instead of doing something for me, I, re I recommend that you take the steps and you do something for yourself. You take the time and the money that you would have spent. Like, oh, I'm going to go follow Hampton on Instagram. Do that if you think it's going to benefit you. But also, if I had a choice, do something that would benefit you. I am going to just, like, you're probably going to, I hope you can see some update from something that I do because I have so many plans from what I'm building now. 
after I make the, the routine, which is out. There's going to be an app, which is going to be out. I don't even know. I, I can't even plug it because I don't know what's going to be called. Okay, <laughs> so the, the, uh, I'm going to create the same thing I did for fitness. I'm going to do for content creation. It's going to be hybrid creators. I'm going to create a free course for anybody who wants to benefit from my experience and knowledge doing this. It's going to be out there. From there, who knows what, right? So like, I, I'm staying excited. And if you listen all the way, I do appreciate that. I love you all. Thank you so much, Hampton. I sent your uh, one of your videos about strengthening your joints to my husband. So probably uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, we'll be waking up and finding walls and stretching together. So thank you for all the gifts and the beauty and love and the fun and the laughs that you bring through your content, through who you are. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And let us know what you're taking away from this. Tag us on social media. I would love to see how you are applying whatever spoke to you, whatever moved you into your own life. So have a blessed day, everybody. The reason I started this podcast in 2018 is because I was in the world of social media, technology, and entrepreneurship. And at the same time, I was deeply in the world of self-discovery and my spiritual journey and mindfulness practices like meditation and yoga. And I didn't see anyone talking about both in the same context. So this conversation with Hampton was such a nourishing way to explore both of those areas together and reinforce my belief that one really can't be separated from the other. And the more we as humanity realize that technology and social media are just a mirror of our human consciousness, of planetary consciousness, the more we come into cohesiveness, into harmony, into balance, into our own version of belonging in this physical world, in this body, and in this digital world. As always, I'd love to see your takeaways. Please share it on Instagram or DM me and DM Hampton. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of spiritual social media and approaching it from pretty metaphysical perspective, then check out episode 194 with Heather Hoffman, also known as Activation Vibration, another one of my very favorite content creators. Until next week. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on XeniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.